Welcome to the Automation World Get Your Questions Answered podcast, where we connect with industry experts to get the answers you need about industrial automation technologies. You can find even more answers by subscribing to Automation World at subscribeaw.com. I'm David Greenfield, Editor-in-Chief at Automation World, and the topic we'll be addressing in this episode is understanding equipment failures and how to respond to them. Joining me to answer this question is Stephen Lacey with Belden, a supplier of industrial automation cables, connectors, networking, and cybersecurity technologies. So thanks for joining me, Stephen. Thank you, David. Nice to be here. So, Stephen, you know, though different types of equipment will, of course, fail for different reasons, what do you see as being the major mechanical, electrical, or user causes of equipment failure in industrial operations? Mm Mm-hmm. We've seen uh, some of the the heavy hitters there are are age. A a lot of of automation and electrical equipment is 15, 20, 25 years and and aging out fast. We see uh, high absolute temperatures either in in an enclosure or the production environment itself. Uh, Daily seasonal temperature cycles uh, put mechanical stresses on uh, chips and dries out capacitors. Dust builds up on enclosure filters and printed circuit boards, uh, and it's slightly conductive, which, uh, which helps accelerate um, failures. And then finally, vibration uh, for equipment that's stalled on machines, whether it's uh, even slight or, or high vibration, wears out connector contact points and, and solder joints o- over time. Uh, for mechanical equipment, motors and, and servos, the failure modes there we, we see are bearing and joint lubrication challenges, overloading of motors, uh, misalignment in the X, Y, or Z planes of the driven load that's connected to, to motors or servos. Off-spec materials uh, many times can cause uh, equipment jams. And then finally, operator mistakes, just uh, as a normal part of uh, doing business and running a production environment. So given those types of failures you just described, are there certain types of equipment that are more likely to fail from these reasons than others? Yes. The ones we are, we're most familiar with that, that kind of make the, the Pareto chart of the, of the heady hitters again, uh, variable frequency drives, uh, power supplies, uh, most of them being 24 volt, but of course there's 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 other other voltages. Uh, non-industrial rated network switches are are quite common and can cause a lot of grief. Non-industrial non-hardened PCs being used for for HMIs. Uh, Ethernet media converters are are definitely there, particularly the less expensive ones that have a a external power supply that plugs directly on, onto the wall, for example. Protocol converters, uh, they seem to uh, age out. And when they start to fail, uh, it's a, they can have intermittent, uh, present intermittent problems that, that make them uh, more, more challenging to, to, to find out which one is giving you the, the headache. And then finally, AC and DC motors uh, due to bearing uh, bearing issues, winding, or or brush failures. So, 
With, with all of those reasons and uh, types of failures that are common that uh, we've been discussing here so far, you know, it, there's still the fact that many manufacturers still rely on reactive maintenance rather than being more proactive. So based on your experience working with end users in industry, can you talk about what the typical cost factors are that are associated with this more generally used reactive approach? Uh, repair or replacement uh, of the failed component, obviously, is uh, is the first thing. But that's assuming it, it can be quickly sourced and, and shipped. And we all know that is that can be quite quite challenging nowadays. There's maintenance labor to disassemble, repair, and then reassemble the equipment. And depending on where the failed component is, you know, within the machine or the, the plant area, that may require working at, at height, uh, which, which, has an which has an associated risk. Uh, there's makeup production labor, which may be required during uh, overtime hours. Um, unplanned maintenance can also have a safety component, again, depending on, on the hazards involved. Uh, random failures puts a facility uh, into an off-normal operational state that the upstream and downstream equipment and the operations team may not be prepared for. So you definitely want, you know, you would like to avoid that if you, at, when, when you can. Uh, equipment failures can greatly lower the production KPIs of, uh, of, of a plant or a, a facility. And unreliable production equipment can create uh, an atmosphere of uncertainty over whether production goals can be met. So the goal here is to really ensure that the, the production environment is, is set up and is robust enough so meeting production goals can be solely based on, on personnel performance and not on, on machine or, or equipment issues. So you definitely like, like to get rid of those. Um, finally, production delays are, are always a concern um, since they could make your customer try a competitor's product and that's an area you know you would you'd like to you'd like to stay away from for all the obvious reasons there absolutely yeah so you know right now you know we're talking about reactive versus proactive maintenance but you know across industry right now there's a lot of interest in predictive maintenance to allow for even greater levels of proactive maintenance but is it possible without specialized predictive maintenance software to predict when equipment's going to fail um, it it is yes um, that's a that's a condition statement but it's it's getting better better and easier all, all the time. We start by first identifying all the production uh, production critical components and equipment in the uh, as uh, in the automation networking sensors uh, and electrical component realm. If uh, if the facility or the plant does not have drawings or accurate accurate drawings then sketches are, are fine, uh, possibly with, with photos. Uh, once you know what you have, the next step is start by in installing inexpensive wireless sensors. Uh, those are nice because they operate outside of your current you know, IT and OT networks, which are, which are production critical. The sensors available nowadays can measure position, current, motion, distance, pressure, uh, velocity, you you name it. So you, there's a there's an inexpensive sensor to identify most, <clears throat> excuse me, most most any uh, 
almost any critical parameter. Uh, next is replace failed power supplies with smart monitored supplies. Uh, there's some units out with IO-Link that, that's built in. And some of the parameters that are included in that link is uh, actually the remaining useful life of, of the supply, which plays to the, to the predictive analytics nature of, uh, of, of the exercise. <clears throat> um, install network monitoring software to detect when a network switch uh, may be starting to fail or has failed, uh, you'll see spikes in network traffic uh, that, that don't align to anything else. And those may be indicative of, of an impending failure. And uh, you can install wireless motor vibration and temperature sensors uh, on motors with an analytics software package. Uh, and I would just note that the solution ideas described can operate either on the existing facility networks or they can be on a separate smaller network uh, dedicated just to the equipment monitoring and, and analytics. So considering all those options, you know, facing manufacturers, you know, when it comes to equipment failure prediction approaches, where do you suggest manufacturers start? Uh, I would start by quickly estimating the costs associated with downtime for a, a specific machine or a specific plant area. Uh, this is this is really important since it helps determine the ROI or at least give you give you a, a ballpark ROI and enables you to to quickly get a proof of concept uh, approved internally. If you haven't started, you know, any industry 4.0 or data data driven programs, uh, start small on one machine or one process area, which limits the, the cost and, and the risk. This also allows all stakeholders from top to bottom of the company to engage and see the results of, of the concept and then suggest better, faster, cheaper ways of doing, of doing following ones. Uh, this approach also allows time for the, for the facilities personnel to understand the value of the effort and gets buy-in from them uh, on, on the approach. So, you know, getting back to the cost issue of all this, earlier we were talking about the reactive maintenance costs, but how expensive is it to apply these more predictive approaches that you recommend? Right. So in Industry 4.0 and Industrial Internet of Things, by, by their nature, they're designed not to be expensive, to be able to, to smart small and, and to, to be scalable. The, the main thing here is to start. Uh, start small, one machine, one, one process. Uh, you can start by adding a few new sensors to existing equipment and adding signals that are already available from, from your existing equipment, your existing machines, your PLCs, and uh, or, and or a DCS if, if you have one. Uh, as the journey continues, you may find value adding additional signals from uh, other existing plant systems, uh, such as the warehouse management system, your enterprise re resource planning system, your ERP system, uh, manufacturing execution systems, QA, QC systems, laboratory management systems, uh, et cetera, to help determine correlations and identify the, the root cause of, of the problem. Uh, separately, small plant floor displays can be added. So all employees uh, from top to bottom know the root causes of, of the production loss. 
And note that everything described above uh, is and, and typically should be vendor agnostic. So you have lots of choices in the, in the marketplace. To help put all of this into perspective, Stephen, you know, can you share some details around equipment failure issues that Belden is helping us solve? So we're, uh, we're installing wireless vibration and temperature sensors on, on all our motors and all our manufacturing facilities. Uh, machine learning software is then used for uh, anomaly detection. Uh, it analyzes the, those, those two variables and then alerts via email or text when they've gone out of when they've exceeded their their normal operating range so that's that's one area where where we're starting um with one of the customers we're working with now they have a, a problem with uh polypropylene plastic conveyor belts that frequently fail the belt failures stop all finished products from leaving the plant and have a significant cost uh six figures a year to address that, uh, we designed a custom belt tension and belt speed monitoring assembly and, and a small control panel that collects those signals along with other existing uh, VFD signals via an edge device and sends those to the cloud. We're in the cloud, we're building a, a predictive model of each belt's remaining useful life. Uh, and the model will automatically adjust over time as the causes of the belt breaks are, are identified and, and corrected. So uh, we're, we're really excited by both these uh, use cases and uh, we're, we're looking forward to, to doing more. Well, very interesting. You know, thank you again for joining me for this podcast, Stephen. And thanks, of course, to all our listeners. And please keep watching this space for more installments of Automation World Get Your Questions Answered. And remember, you can find us online at automationworld.com and subscribe to our print magazine at subscribeaw.com to stay on top of the latest industrial automation technology insights, trends, and news.